Welcome to another episode of Sports Medicine Weekly. I'm Dr. Brian Cold, your host. And today we will be meeting with Natalie Graves. This is one of my favorite topics because it's something that's often overlooked, especially in our capacity as team physicians. And that's the issue of mental health and wellness in sports. But before we begin with Natalie Graves, the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast is brought to you by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Being your best means always getting better. Whether you're looking to improve performance, relieve chronic back pain, or restore mobility through minimally invasive joint replacement surgery, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush delivers results. Their specialists are top ranked in Illinois and among the nation's best, working together to make your recovery faster, more complete, and a seamless experience. They'll get you back to living pain-free, often without surgery, so you can be your best every day. Schedule an appointment online at rushortho.com. Enhanced Medical Nutrition. Enhanced Medical Nutrition builds clinical nutrition products to help patients prepare better and recover faster. The Ortho Nutrition Bundle is a four-week perioperative nutrition program containing their clinical-grade whey protein isolate and complex carbohydrate powder. Developed in collaboration with internationally renowned nutrition researchers and surgeons, the Ortho Nutrition Bundle is designed to maintain muscle, support wound healing, and improve the recovery experience. To learn more, please visit www.emn.health. Karen Malkin Health Counseling. Have you tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars? They're the best tasting bars on the market. Certified gluten-free, paleo, and no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at karenmalkin.com. Vericell. Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit www.vcell.com. That's V-C-E-L.com. Integrated Ortho. Integrated Ortho is Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana's premier provider of Iceless Thermal and compression therapy devices for patients recovering from orthopedic surgery. Iceless Thermal Therapy rental products are designed for ease of patient use and to control post-operative pain and swelling. Their sequential compression therapy products offer a portable, lightweight, and tubeless home therapy solution to help prevent blood clot formation following surgical procedures. To determine if Iceless Thermal Therapy or sequential compression products are right for you, please contact your healthcare professional. And for further information about Integrated Ortho's products and services, please give them a call at 773-248-6400. So again, welcome back to Sports Medicine Weekly. I'm Brian Cole, your host. And over the next several minutes, we'll be discussing mental health and sports with Natalie Graves. I've known Natalie for a number of years. She's a tremendously accomplished individual in a space that I think is really underrepresented, the area of mental health and sports. Just a little background, Natalie has a private practice. She specializes in athletes and mental health issues and performance here in Chicago. She received her master's degree from the University of Chicago School of Social Administration and her bachelor's degree from Chicago State University. She's a certified school social worker, licensed clinical social worker, and certified alcohol and drug counselor. Natalie is called upon in a variety of settings. She's a guest lecturer at the University of Michigan School of Social Work. She teaches sports social work courses at the undergraduate and graduate level. She speaks nationally and internationally on topics relating to mental health and sports, and that's what we're going to largely discuss today. She's worked with the NBA, the NFL, has been seen on LeBron James' 2018-produced HBO documentary, Student Athlete, 
and has been a guest on the PBS Chicago Tonight, as well as several radio shows, podcasts, and local ABC and Fox News segments. I'm privileged to have her with here with us today. And notably, she recently published the Athlete's Prep Book, which is a really functional way with the primary focus to improve performance in mental health and athletics. So it's a way to get it done. It sounds like it's something that athletes can actually execute on, and we're going to hear a bit more about that. So, Natalie, thanks for joining us. And I guess the first question I want to have I have for you, because most of us have a, a very interesting history in terms of participating in sports or having our own challenges. How did you get started working in athletics? Yeah, it's a uh, it's first first Dr. Cole. It is a pleasure to uh, to be back with you, and uh, I love chatting with you. And I'm I'm super excited to to come back on. But uh, how I got started, you know, we have to go back when I was really a kid, just just a little girl in Chicago, and uh, growing up, my my family really focused on on watching sports together, and um, that was time that I spent family time with my parents, my younger brother, and um, my brother and I were exactly uh, six years apart. So my dad didn't have a son for for a long time. Uh, And he taught me um, sports. He taught me the rules and and we watched it together. And um, I was actually not really an athlete, but I was a fanatical fan. And that was my um, exposure to sports, just watching it, you know, rushing home from church on Sunday to see the Bears. You know, we would we would uh, during playoff times with the Bulls, we would all put something red on to cheer in our living room. Like that was our family thing. And it was it was really special. And so that was the first thing. And then the other part of me um, as a young person, I really connected well with people, even at a young age, you know, people would confide in me. I could kind of give advice. I could relate. I could be a mediator. So I was kind of good with people and I really enjoyed sports. And um, I was able to create a lane for myself that I really didn't see. And in college, um, I was really thinking about how could I work with athletes in a way that I thought they needed help. And one of the first questions I asked was, athletes make all of this money. Well, why do they have any problems? That was the first question. Very elementary, not very educated in the question. But as I progressed, I really became interested in athletes' mental health and performance. And then I realized there weren't a lot of supports for them. And I wanted to be that support. Yeah, I will tell you that as an orthopedic surgeon, uh, and we've covered this on other episodes of Sports Medicine Weekly, you know, one of the things that we deal with are otherwise very active people who have a very random acute event. It's unanticipated. They often don't have sort of the the infrastructure or the 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 tools to lean on because they've often, many of them have never had significant challenges. They've been very good at their craft. They're highly athletic. They've stayed healthy. And then all of a sudden, instantaneously, things are taken away from them. And it's not even part of my training, quite frankly. It's something that you, we've had to learn along the way. And it takes time to actually appreciate what in these individuals, often very young, are going through. The other aspect is that people depend upon sports and remaining active as sort of a conduit for that balance from work, from family, all the things that really require sort of that ecosystem of health, if you will. And when that's stripped away, it exposes a lot of other vulnerabilities. 
And, and I, I would tell you that we've struggled to find resources in, in sports psychology. Um, I take care of a number of teams or involved with uh, uh, taking care of a number of teams, uh, um, women's soccer, men's baseball, NBA, college, all of those things. And, you know, we have found a few individuals that are quite adept in sports psychology. You're a social worker. And I'm curious, you know, just for our listeners, you know, tell me that the fundamental difference in terms of training um, and where you are today for a sports psychologist, because a lot of our sports psychology people actually focus also on performance and mental wellness and mental health and are not the traditional psychologists for psychotherapy and functional therapy and follow the, the traditional paradigms that we might learn about when we're in college or grad school. Tell me the fundamental difference between a social worker who specializes in this and someone who is a psychologist. Yeah, for sure. And and usually um, people, when they think about um, um, an athlete getting some help, they immediately think about, maybe, if they think at all, they think about a sports psychologist. Um, and sports social work, um, there are some similarities. But so so just to kind of make it clear. So sports psychology really kind of focuses on performance, um, physical behavior, um, they do some examinations with coaches, uh, spectators, you know, things like that. Um, but it's really about, you know, performing in the sport, right? And 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 that's great. Um, sports social work and what I do, I do some of that, um, particularly the performance piece. But where the sports social work comes in is you actually tapped into it when you said about vulnerabilities, um, social work looks at a person in the environment. We call it PI. That's one of our uh, first um, theories that you learn. And it's really understand the individual in their environment. Well, with athletes, there's two environments. It's their, their family environment, who they are as, as a male or female, race, religion, culture, uh, economic status, but also as an environment as an as a uh, athlete in their sport, and so in sports social work, we look at all of it. So where sports psychology, an, an, an analogy is, you look at the brain. Maybe from the neck up, you look at the athlete. Social work looks at the entire body, the whole person. So when I'm working with an athlete, not only am I looking at performance, and we do a lot of that, but I'm also looking at how do you relate to others? How does it? How do you function in your space because you're a male or a female? How do cultural factors in play in that? How do you? Re, how do you handle pressure? stress. And so it's an entire picture and that makes it different. Where sports psychology um, and sports social work, I would say they're first cousins. You know, sports psychology is older. It's been around, still new in the 60s. Uh, but sports uh, sports social work is really emerging and and it's 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 different. It's it's a different perspective. And I would argue it's a it's a broader picture that really helps athletes to perform, but also to thrive in life as well, because we're looking at the whole person. So directly related to that, you know, what's the nexus between sort of the lack of mental wellness and athletic performance? You know, how are they inexorably connected? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, they're very connected. So if you think about just from from a everyday experience, if if you have an ongoing migraine, um, it is really hard to do your day to day functioning. It is hard for you to be at your best, right? Um, when you think about performance and your mental health, 
because, you know, I always like to explain mental health is the same as physical health. It's a medical, it's a medical condition. If you're struggling with your, your mental wellness, you're going to struggle at some point with your performance. So they're really connected. There is research that shows, for an example, athletes that um, struggle with anxiety, they're more likely to get injured. So, so there's a lot of correlations. And so what I try to do is really educate um, folks in the, in the sports um, field, whether it's uh, coaches or athletic trainers or the athletes, parents, whoever will hear me, that we really have to emphasize um, the wellness, the mental wellness of an athlete. And if we do that, we not only have healthier individuals, but we have athletes who can really perform. You know, what's what's interesting is we're now seeing so many really well-known athletes uh, in the in the public light. Um, Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles and uh, even DeMar DeRozan with the Chicago Bulls, you know, are openly speaking about the importance of mental health, their own personal mental health struggles. And I guess the question is, you know, now is, sitting here in contemporary times, you know, what are athletes saying now about mental health and, and are they actually acknowledging it? openly in, in a comfortable sort of safe setting that it's actually important and they look at it maybe like another vital sign, if you will, that it's okay to actually seek help with it. Because I, I will say, I still think it's a bit of a struggle based on the age and maybe the sport and the demographic and so forth for all individuals to actually feel comfortable. And and, and I found it to be very important to create a, a safe place for them and and resources for them that they will be comfortable and feel there's confidentiality and so forth. But, you know, <clears throat> like a lot of things, you know, we, I think things have become much more recognized because people are talking about it and they feel like it's, it's, you know, whether there's any normal or abnormal, they just feel like it's not, it's not rare and it's actually more common than not. So they feel, they feel okay addressing it and that there won't be negative repercussions from doing so. Is it your sense that that's the general environment from, those who reach out to you that, look, I've known that I've had issues and now I want help. And I, it's not just related to my performance, it's related to my whole, as you say, my, so, my social system, you know, all of those aspects that feed into it. Yeah. So, you know, it, I would look at like in the last five years, we've really made a shift in normalizing athletes um, who may struggle with mental wellness. And you're exactly right. When, when high profile professional athletes speak out about their own struggles, it, it allows all of us to, to say, you know, well, if Naomi Osaka, if somebody on the Bulls is struggling and they're being open about it, well, well why can't I? So that's been a major shift and that's been really helpful. Um, a lot of times, Dr. Cole, what I'll find, athletes will come to see me um, and it's generally, you know, I want to perform better. I'm struggling. And then we examine what's behind it, what's going on. They're not even understanding that they're struggling with something with mental health. And so there's a psychoeducation that has to happen. And it's really relieving for them to be able to put to a name to what's going on and to actually normalize it, that they're not the only ones. But I will tell you, we've made a lot of gains. We still have a lot to go because there's still a lot of stigma. Um, there's still kind of this, this fear about it, but it's getting better. And, and you did say it, you know, it's not rare. You know, one in four people in any given year will suffer from a mental illness. You know, so if we just sit with that stat for a second, one in four 
and the numbers have gotten in recent years gotten a little bit better. So it's one in five some years, one in four some years. But if we go with one in five, how common is that? That's not one in 1,500. That's one in five people. So if we begin to really use our language around normalizing health, because it's no shame if someone breaks their leg, they get treated or they tear ACL, they get they they come see you, right? It should be the same thing when we're talking about mental health, when we're talking about clinical depression, when we're talking about general anxiety or whatever, alcoholism, medical condition. You know, so if we begin to really normalize it like it's starting to happen, we're able to really reach more and more athletes and really support them. Where like 10 years ago, I had to kind of convince programs and coaches the importance and the need to taking care of their athletes' mental wellness. Now they're calling, you know? So that's a big shift. And when when I see athletes individually, and I'm, I'm talking, I see professional athletes and I some of my youngest athletes are 11, 12 years old, elite athletes. It's really wanting to feel better and compete better. And they want to know how can they do that? What are, what are like, you know, give me the top three to five things that you're, that you're seeing, like what, you know, from in, in decreasing order of, of prevalence. For sure. So top thing is performance anxiety. That, that is, that is the top yeah. one. Yeah. Um, where, and it's generally something like, you know, well, he or she seems to to play really well in practice, but when it's time to, to uh, perform during the match, the game, the tournament, they're just, we're just not seeing it. So that's one of the top things. Um, parents will reach out for their parent, for their, for their kids who are athletes because they're seeing some changes and they don't exactly know how to help them. Um, they're feeling pressure on the team or individual sport. They're, they're feeling pressure in performing. Um, and then this may surprise people, but athletes who actually are really doing well, they've maybe been recruited or they've been um, moved up to varsity because of um, um, how well they play or compete. And then they they regress. They actually start to have um, doubts in their performance because they're playing up. So where a freshman would normally play with freshmen, they're playing now with juniors and seniors and their play allowed them to, to go, but emotionally they struggle. And so a lot of parents will come to see me about that. So those would be the top things. And then it's all about, you know, working with teams. That's another, you know, um, category altogether about cohesiveness. And, you know, I do a lot of things with mindfulness, things like that. But performance is generally the reason why people are reaching out All right, so or changes in behavior. So let's, you know, I know that all of our listeners are probably thinking the same thing right now. Um, performance is a big one. And um, I've had the anxiety. I've, we've, I've definitely managed athletes um, who have anxiety that elevates when performance decreases. Um, so performance anxiety is probably one of the biggest ones. And there's some sports that are so sensitive to that. You know, baseball would be an example. I think other sports may be more forgiving. You know, I think if you're a, if you're a, if you're a college lineman or uh, in a collision sport, you may have a little more. It may be a little more forgiving uh, because of sheer athleticism and so forth, and you you can overcome some of those boundaries. But I think everyone would love to know. <clears throat> okay, I've seen a decrease in my performance. I can't really pinpoint it. Uh, I got to get some help. You know, what do you do? I mean, how do you attack that problem? 
That that's right. You know, um, when you're at that point where you're figuring, you're, you're asking your, yourself, you know, what do I need to do? It's probably time to reach out to a professional. Um, at that point when, you know, you've tried different things, maybe you've tried a different trainer or a different kind of workout, or you've, you've had the coach talk to you or whatever. And, and if those things are not working out, it's probably time to bring a specialist in on, on the team. And what happens with that is it allows the athlete to be vulnerable with a professional who understands them as an athlete, understands their sport and that they're a competitor and, uh, and tap into what exactly is the block, what is happening, and then giving them techniques and skills to help them perform. All along the way, we're working on the mental health part of it too. So I guess that, you know, the next question is, if I'm an athlete, how do I uh, know when it's time to reach out for help? Like, how do I know this is not just a, a physical decrement or challenge or there's actually a mental health component to it? Right. So so it really depends on the athlete. But if if you are in a slump, if you have the yips, if you have the twisties, if you are struggling to perform at a level that you used to, that would be a clue. If you are struggling with your sleep, if you're having crying spells, if you are unable to concentrate, you're more irritable. You know, so there's a lot of emotional and physical signs. And if you're experiencing them for, I would say, two to three weeks, it's really impacting your day to day functioning. That would be a sign. Maybe it's time to talk to someone. And, And usually you can say something's wrong. You just can't articulate what it is. You know, sometimes you'll hear like, I, I just don't feel myself or I, sports feels like a job or I just don't have the love for it. Well, a lot of times there's some other things in play there. And once we can kind of sort those things out, we can begin to get a road back to performing the way they want to. Yeah, and I think in general, there's a paucity of tools to, to get some of this done. And given how ubiquitous or common, you know, you're saying one in four, I bet it's a lot more than one in four. And um, I think in some ways, it's how do we actually define you know, mental wellness, you know, in general. Um, I, I, I know you're very proud of uh, your recent accomplishment. You published a book called The Athlete's Prep Book. I'm imagining that that is uh, just that. It's a tool to help athletes uh, do something that within, that's intentional and actually, you know, find a means to an end here that, you know, it's not this big open space of I'm going to sit in a room and talk and do counseling and things of that nature, but you're providing an actual functional tool for athletes to get it done. Will you just tell us a little bit about the rationale behind it and, and what is the athlete's prep book? Yeah, for sure. So so the Athletes Prep Book is exactly that. It's a resource for athletes. This is not a, a textbook. It's not a novel. This is something where an athlete or a coach can pick the book up. And if they are looking for some things to help them perform, very practical. I have 10 models of things that they can use um, to help them perform right away. You can just pull a page out and say, I want to try this exercise and let me see how that works for me. In addition to that, it's also a seasonal journal. And the journal has checklists in there, you know, monitoring, am I staying hydrated? And how am I doing on my screen time? How am I eating? Am I resting? You know, things like that. And so you can do um, a checklist all along the way during your season. There's goal setting in there. Um, I'm a big believer that we set goals for practice, just like we set goals for the performance. And so there's areas for goal setting, uh, reflections. It's a very unique 
tool, but honestly, it's the work I do individually with athletes every day. And I really wanted to put something in a form like a workbook journal to really provide as many athletes as I can, the kind of support that I think they will benefit from. The the chapters are not very long. You don't have to go in order. And the big part of the book is the seasonal journal. In addition to that, I have um, a mental uh, health reference guide where, you know, if if a parent or a coach or an athlete is saying, you know, how does it, how does depression look in athletes? Or I have a couple athletes are injured. You know, should I be worried about that outside of the physical? It's in the athletes prep book. So it's a great resource, not only for athletes um, and coaches, but, but also for parents and, and folks who love athletes. It, it's, um, it's the work that I do every day. And I wanted to create something that was really accessible and it's been well received. And um, I, I honestly do that work every time I work with an athlete in some sort of way. Do you think that this can replace meeting with you or, uh, you know, a uh, a specialist directly, or is it looked at as a sort of an adjunct to that? I think it depends. I think that an athlete could totally take this and work on their performance. And there's no doubt about that. But if there are some mental health struggles, um, I, I would probably want them to not only work in the journal and, and do some self-care, but probably if it's a continual condition, we want to have them to work with a professional. But just to take the book and work on your season, absolutely, you can do that. And it's accessible from, I would say, like seventh, eighth grade on up. What? Uh, how would I get a copy if I wanted it? Where, where, where can someone find it? For sure. Um, it's prepbook.info prepbook.info and um, you can uh, get on there. And if you're interested in getting the book, you can get the book. If you're interested in me coming out to speak or uh, doing a workshop, you can get all of that information on the site. Well, I, you know, as I mentioned, you and I do go way back. I remember a long time ago, I think you and I sat together at the Bulls game. And um, I remember you telling me about your career and your practice and so forth. And it's just nice to see that you have such passion. And I think, I think back then when you and I met, and it could have been more than 10 years ago, I felt it had relevance. But now that I've lived it over the last, you know, 15 to, to 18 years in real life and seen some of the challenges that our athletes and even my very frequently my own patients go through, this is the real deal. And we need yeah. more people like you. So, um, we, you know, we're very grateful. I'll put some links on our website for sportsmedicineweekly.com to your, to, to get the book and actually to access you because I think you're an incredibly valuable resource to lots and lots of people. So I just want to thank you for joining me on, on this podcast. And thank you so much, Dr. Cole. This is such a pleasure. You know, this is my passion. I love to talk about it. So thanks for the opportunity. It means so much to me. Great. Well, you've listened to another episode of Sports Medicine Weekly. Remember, all the net proceeds from our podcast go to support orthopedic research at Rush. Uh, we've been doing uh, Sports Medicine Weekly now for uh, more than 10 years, and the podcast is a great format for us to, to uh, with a much, more, uh, much broader reach. So we appreciate you listening, and uh, make sure you tune in to other episodes of Sports Medicine Weekly, where you tune into your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a five-star review. Make sure to also follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Net proceeds from Sports Medicine Weekly go to support research at Rush University Medical Center in the Department of Orthopedics. The Sports Medicine Weekly podcast is brought to you by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Being your best means always getting better. 
Whether you're looking to improve performance, relieve chronic back pain, or restore mobility through minimally invasive joint replacement surgery, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush delivers results. Their specialists are top ranked in Illinois and among the nation's best, working together to make your recovery faster, more complete, and a seamless experience. They'll get you back to living pain-free, often without surgery, so you can be your best every day. Schedule an appointment online at rushortho.com. JRF Ortho. JRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to jrfortho.org to learn more or sign up to be a tissue donor at donatelife.net. With over 205 years of combined experience successfully representing victims of personal injury and wrongful death matters, the attorneys of Tomasic, Coton, Kasserman are committed to working for you. Reach them at 312-605-8800 or on the web at tkklaw.com. Karen Malkin Health Counseling. Have you tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars? They're the best tasting bars on the market certified gluten-free, paleo, and no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at karenmulkin.com. Integrated Ortho. Integrated Ortho is Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana's premier provider of iceless thermal and compression therapy devices for patients recovering from orthopedic surgery. Iceless thermal therapy rental products are designed for ease of patient use and to control post-operative pain and swelling. Their sequential compression therapy products offer a portable, lightweight, and tubeless home therapy solution to help prevent blood clot formation following surgical procedures. To determine if iceless thermal therapy or sequential compression products are right for you, please contact your healthcare professional. And for further information about Integrated Ortho's products and services, please give them a call at 773-248-6400.